When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mrs. B's Clearance and Outlet is all new, combining legendary value with a fresh attitude. Shop one-of-a-kind finds in today's must-have trends. Explore wall-to-wall deals, furniture, flooring, mattresses, home accents, grills, patio sets, and more. Discover great new home decor, pillows, greenery, and more. There's something perfect for your style and budget. There's new inventory every day at up to 80% off suggested retail. Discover the style and savings of the new Mrs. B's Clearance and Outlet. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. There's a moment you realize you're ready for what's next in your career. Maybe it's when you're trying a new muffin recipe and think, I could open a cafe. Or maybe you're helping a coworker and say, I could teach a course on this. Whatever your moment is, it's never too early to plan for a career that lives longer. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. For skills training, resume tips, and job listings, visit aarp.org work. Podcast brought to you by AARP. podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. 
like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. All right, so it's a very special episode of the Fighting Cock. Um, Alex, I'm joined by Alex. Uh, actually, known you for many many years yeah. through your through your uncle. But um, I just we, you sent me over an email a while back uh, after Deloitte published their well, how, what, how would you describe it? The Football Money League. That's it. Yeah. Spurs ranked tenth. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. This is for the 2018 to 2019. Well, it accounts for 17 to 18. Right, which is our first season at Wembley. Yeah. And Spurs are ranked 10th in that list. Above them are Arsenal, uh, Chelsea, uh, Man-, Man City, Liverpool, PSG, Bayern. Yeah, so if you want to run around the top 10, go on. So you've got in one is Real Madrid, Barcelona, Man U, Bayern, City. PSG, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs. So before we kick off, what? So how, how far behind are Tottenham to Arsenal? It's just just over ten million, which isn't a great deal, is it? No, and I mean that's three. So Musa Sissoko. So sorry, <laughs> that's a third of a Musa Sissoko. <laughs> yeah, you can look at it like that. <laughs> um, all right, I think the best. So, so your background, just so people, so you know what you're talking about when looking at this information. Yeah. Because you're a chartered accountant. Yeah. Uh, you've been working in money since you left university, I presume. Yeah, about four and a half years now. Right. And so while the world gets excited by the Deloitte Football Money League, because I guess it's a kind of tangible and layman expression of uh, of, of how money go, runs for a football club. Yeah. And then people with newspapers specifically look at it and go, actually, economically, these are how the teams are performing. Um but you, from your perspective, you can look at this information and make more sense of it than perhaps I can. I think so, and I think the main reason originally why I sent you this email was it was off the back of when I think it was just after Mourinho got sacked and everyone was absolutely panicked about um, Pochettino getting poached by them for obviously it's going to be like that would be disastrous for our club. And I think I was trying to emphasise why, like. These these figures are largely largely attributable to Poch, and the reason we're tenth is a I would pretty it's pretty directly proportional to the success that he's brought. I know we talk about this success as a yeah as a as a everyone wants a trophy thing, but this is this is success because him him getting us in the Champions League for three seasons in a row or wherever it's been, and mm. also getting to further in the knockouts and two of those is huge to your revenues yeah. and that's the kind of stuff that one not only is it like significant to your revenues but also your brand and your ability to market yourself goes up 
How significant yeah. is it the fact that we're tenth, like in that top ten? Like, what, when have we previously done this before? We've got near to this before. So yeah, we were, and I don't know the reason why, but I think it was the was it the oh six oh seven season? <clears throat> yeah, we finished. Yeah, oh six oh seven. We finished in the top ten. I'm not sure. I mean, I mean, the one thing that's obviously key to point out here is that the TV rights for the UK, given the most popular league in the world, are mm. huge and the across five years the the amount of money is like in the billions so and that's basically that the 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 money they get from the tv rights is spread out across all of the top 20 yeah, it's, teams it's not like in spain where the top two have 70 percent yeah, of the revenue exactly whereas part of the reason why they're so clear ahead yeah yeah definitely um and they're backed by governments basically which which always helps them um but yeah i mean so so if we just talk about some of the some of the key figures so like um, across the across the I think it's across the top ten. I think actually no, sorry, across the top twenty teams in that league, basically broadcast revenue accounts for forty three percent of all of the teams' revenue in an average sense. Mm. Commercial revenues is forty percent. Match their revenues is seventeen percent. So this is in the Premier League. No, I think that's for all all of the right all of the teams included in that report. Right, right. Um, and then if you look at that compared to Spurs, so broadcast revenue is 226 million or 227 million, which is 53% of our total revenues. Yeah. So compared to broadcast revenue of 43% for the rest of the teams. And you've got commercial revenue of 116.5 million, which is only 27%. And against, and this is why I'm saying like, the re- by being in the top 10, your, your, your commercial, well, your ability to earn money from sponsors and and that kind of stuff goes up hugely and I think that's a massive way that we're going to compete going forward Um, and then the final one match day revenue which is well it's compared to compared to previous years has like gone up exponential basically I think I think the year our our match day revenue is the final year of what our name was 26 million Mm. Um, and now they're 85 million so just to uh, <clears throat> that would be t- towards the that that would be attributed to the income based on the increased en- attendances at Wembley. Yeah, yeah. So there there is a thought, or, or there was some discussion. I don't know how much of this is true and how much you know, but it's it, it, the cost of hiring Wembley to the FA was significant. So that even the revenue might have increased, our expenditure increased also. This figure, this four four hundred and twenty eight million, mm-hmm. that's revenue. Yeah, so that's just revenue, not profit. Not profit. No. So you could argue, or there might be a, a decent assumption, is that once we're not paying Wembley their rental fee, mm-hmm. we're moving into a new stadium and getting comparable attendances, that that match day revenue will increase significantly. So it's 20% at the moment. <clears throat> but, think- or the 85 million at the moment. But, sorry, that might remain the same, yeah. but our profit will increase because the expenditure is down. Yeah, but it's hard, it's hard to know. Obviously, I think our... Our average attendance was sixty eight thousand, which is insane when you actually think about it. I mean, so it, only Man United, yeah, only Man United are higher. Fully justifies building a stadium in the first place, and I don't think they'll have any issues with sort of filling it. Well, they proved that already with the amount of season tickets that they actually sell. So there's fifty thousand season tickets. Yeah. Um, just quickly on that, if say someone was coming to them to lend them money, um, <clears> the uh, uh, it's understood. To, uh, uh, I think it was on the Trust podcast where they mentioned 
that the, the, the season tickets is valuable in terms of securing loans yeah. and money because it's guaranteed income over a period of time. Mm-hmm. Whereas buying individual tickets as members have to do is less valuable economically. Yeah. So, so I think the way the way um, the way a bank would look at this would say how much of your revenue is contracted compared to how much is how much would how much of proportion of it would someone just pay on the day kind of thing, which yeah. is kind of how it works. So yeah. the contracted revenue will be fifty thousand out of the sixty two thousand, which to Spurs is more and to the bank is more secured income yeah. essentially. Yeah, well they get they they get it up pretty much get it up front I'd say most people probably pay for it up front yeah. so they get that straight through the door and most people will continue to do that yeah. going forward um, whereas if you reduce that percentage there's much far lower percentage of your of your total possible revenues contracted so mm. a bank might be less inclined to sort of top the figure up if you know what I mean so from a purely kind of business perspective it's much more beneficial for Spurs to have 50,000 paying season ticket holders so you can understand the the argument and frustration from us as match day going fans when if you're not a season ticket holder you have to buy tickets and and there are fewer tickets to buy but from the club's perspective in terms of securing money in order to build the stadium in the first place it's much better if they have 50,000 season ticket holders yeah yeah Yeah. and I and I I hadn't really thought about the because the the percentage the well the number of tickets was eighteen thousand wasn't it before I think that's what they said on the trust it, um, for, up, available up, for members yeah. no to um, season, tickets. season tickets up to fifty around that yeah. which is madness really when you think about it. I mean I can see exactly why they would do it they want to get as many people in the in the door from day one as they can but then equally I think it was Kat who made a good point about you want to get your young fans to be able to sort of have mm-hmm. that experience and with that many I mean you have to have a lot of patience to try and get a ticket right and, yeah, yeah. and I do think I think, I think that's a, a, that, was a, that was a good point from her yeah very good point um, but I would say that that's like a long term issue and there's short term issues like paying off loans which we'll come on to yeah. the size of the loans yeah. which are probably more significant than, than worrying about whether or not a 14-year-old kid can go and watch your team play. Yeah. As fans, we see that as a big issue, but Daniel Levy's not going to be looking at that thinking, right, that's something we can solve later on, I imagine. And I don't necessarily um, uh, blame him. So, just back on this, the top 10. Uh, Tottenham <coughs> have 428.3 million. Uh, previously, uh, in 2017, that was uh, 359 Point five million, so that's a significant increase. Arsenal, however, went from a revenue in 2017 of 487.6 million down to 439.2 million. Um, and obviously, it's very difficult to understand exactly what, what, why that may be the case. And it might be player sales have a big, big sale in the transfer market, or you know, we've sold. Um, it, it, who was it? We, we picked up a couple of big sales didn't well we? I think Walker will be our last yeah. biggest which attributes to that as well yeah but £10 million behind Arsenal you've had this stadium built for what is it 12 years 13 years maybe yeah and perhaps have reached the kind of ceiling in what they're going to earn I can't see how unless you know apart from TV syndication which everybody's going to benefit from yeah so I, I mean yeah I what I'm saying to you is are we going to be are, are 100% more, more valuable than Arsenal <laughs> I'll put my uh, well. I was gonna. I'll put a, a wager down now that I reckon we'll be above them next year, purely because last year we were in the Champions League, they weren't, and so we come into um, 
I think the total money owed for the well the total amount of revenue uh, that's possible to earn from the TV rights of uh, Champions League was two two point five billion. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's huge. And I think I think we earned sixty bi- sixty million from Champions League last year. Yeah. Which is huge when yeah. you think about it. And Europa League is be a small fraction of that I imagine yeah um, and now we've got through to the quarters probably go through to the semis next week anyway Absolutely. so, <laughs> so uh, I think that figure can can be expected to rise um, but yeah I mean the, the only thing is obviously if they so so this this report is always a year a year behind so the next season will be the 18-19 season which we're currently going through mm. and and we've been in the Champions League like I said so they'll, they'll I, I imagine they'll go down their match day revenues is never going to, like you said, it's, that's reached us probably at a peak unless yeah. they're going to increase the the prices. But their fans aren't going to buy into that given that they're shit. So and they're not they're not um, they're not necessarily selling out every game anyway. No, exactly. So I think I think that will be key. I mean, it's interesting. You look at Chelsea; their revenue for eighteen was five hundred million, five hundred five million. Yeah. Whereas the year before was four hundred twenty eight million. That's euros, yeah. And I think, well, I'd be because they were yo-yoing for a while, weren't they? So yeah. I think that is that's pretty cl- that's a pretty clear Champions League Champions campaign. League impact there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. for them, I mean, that's eighty million euros. That's a huge amount of money. Well, their their, their pull-out quote here and in, in this pu- report says failing to secure Champions League football for two thousand eighteen and two thousand nineteen will make it challenging for Chelsea to move up the main league in the short term. Yeah. Um, I think is 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 this. There's there's certain criteria into uh, creating a very nebulous concept about who's got the, who's the bigger club in it. Mm-hmm. So you talk about global fan base, you <clears throat> might talk about trophies and all that kind of stuff. But money's significantly important in the in modern game. Yeah, and I think it'd be a fair argument to say that once we overtake Arsenal, that we're officially a bigger club than them. Uh-huh. Because isn't that a barometer of how many people are watching you previously? How many games would be in broadcast? How many? Um, uh, people, uh, you know, uh, how much merchandise is, is being bought over, over <clears throat> overseas? How much success are we getting on the pitch? Uh, well, hundred percent, and uh, Matt, it would be really interesting to see what the what the sort of ratings or the viewing figures are for Champions League versus Europa League. Yeah, oh, I mean, it, it'd yeah. be it'd be crazy, and if they're constantly in that and we're in the Champions League, yeah, everything, all your viewership goes up, your yeah, your access to people who are like see you once and they're like, "Wow, this team's pretty good." I mean, yeah. we've done that consi- like we've done that consistently now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Real Madrid fixtures, the Dortmund fixtures, that 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 stuff increases your brand so much. You you saw um, the article? I think you got it over there. Uh, but uh, Tottenham set world record. Yeah, uh, annual profit of one hundred and thirteen million. Firstly, yeah. what does world record mean? Does it mean more than any other club? Yeah. That's the biggest ever increase in biggest, profit. Yeah, well, not it's just the biggest total profit, well, profit yeah. for a financial year that a club has ever a posted. club has ever posted. So just slightly, well, five million for it's seven million more than Liverpool did just in February. Um, it was an, you made an interesting point before we started recording about um, numbers can be twisted to be uh, to you know prove to be a positive yeah. story or, or a negative one yeah what, what's your take on this this story here well so as we said this this is this will take into account the 70 million we got in player sales during this financial period so and, and obviously this is a period where we didn't buy anyone yeah exactly which so, is very rare 
Yeah. So, uh, I mean, if 70 million of that 113 is due to Play. a profit on a sale, that's quite a significant proportion. Whereas other clubs might have. Equally, I mean, I, I imagine Liverpool would have probably posted the Coutinho one in that period as well. So there probably is some sort of. Yeah, comparison there. Um, I guess it's another thank you that Tottenham have to play to Pochettino for not. If it is his decision not to buy players, <laughs> the next news story is a direct correlation to his inability to see beyond his current squad. <laughs> you may make yourself an unpopular opinion by saying that. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's it's become clear that the problem doesn't necessarily lie with Levy, but does with Pochettino, in my opinion. Obviously, it's all opinion because who, who knows? No one knows, do they? Yeah. Uh, apparently, he was offered Telemans. I yeah. Telemans no. is still on loan as well, so there's no doubt we can't do an Alvaro on him and just take him anyway. Yeah. Do you rate him? Do you rate uh, him? I think he could do a job. I don't think he's he's not. There's a reason he's playing for Leicester. Right? Yeah, there is, and it, obviously, he might look a lot better for a team like that. But but I think the point that's made a lot on the podcast is that it's very hard. Yeah. Without breaking the bank to improve our first eleven, yeah, and I think that's where the management is, and I think Pochettino knows that as well. That it is hard to bring in someone that, without actually just getting rid of someone that we might do with Ericsson or something like that, mm. to bring someone in who's just gonna. Well, there's this talk about twelve players being up for sale, or we were listening to offers for. Uh, yeah. Twelve of our first team squad, not mm. first eleven. That's a lot. And it maybe a, a way of improving this squad isn't necessarily spending huge amounts of money that we perhaps don't have. And we're going to come on to our loan, what do you call it, a liability or exposure? Yeah, loan, well, it's a liability, yeah. Yeah, Li- loan liability um, and whether or not that's impacted our transfer behaviour. But yeah, if, um, if, if we can't speculate by bringing <clears> in loads of players, then refreshing the squad by selling players that we necessarily think we could improve or change yeah. might be a way forward yeah and I think I think a lot of players who have done really well two seasons ago have stagnated quite a lot I yeah. mean you've got people like Wanyama I'm not really sure what's happened to him Yeah, I mean Dyer's been pretty unfortunate with his injuries but he's not playing at the level that he was playing at mm. but again making you can't just sell 50% of your team and no. expect to replace it and have that same team cohesion that you had before. It's just not possible. I would uh, No, absolutely not. And But I would say you could probably drop out free, yeah. or free and replace them with better players. And that's the thing about transfers and money and, and, and fans especially is if we're spending money on new players, you almost forget who's going as long as there is transfer activity. Football fans t- t- tend to be kind of placated yeah. whereas it's not always necessarily the best thing to do uh, uh, you know if we for example if last summer if we'd have sold free and bought free in people wouldn't be talking about our, um, our lack of ambition or or the fact that Levy's being tight even if we'd have if there'd have been a, a net zero in its spend yeah. do you know what I mean it's like a perceived idea that we've been busy yeah we are it, we're very um as a football fan you always look for a way out don't you yeah. and I think if we're bringing in players then we kind of see that the club are trying to make an effort to improve. Yeah. And if we don't, then it looks like we're not. But Doing anything. No. Like they're just twiddling their thumbs. And at the time, I mean, we had the best start we've ever had in a Premier League yeah. season, even off the back of having a, a World Cup that that definitely, had an, I think, has had an impact on our on our squad. Um, but yeah, we could have we been... I mean, you go back five games against the Burley game, we could have been... 
what one point behind yeah let's not do that (laughs) (laughs) but I'm just saying that we we as fans are very fickle sometimes to what is actually kind of oh absolutely and like you said about wanting and out it's people that there needs to be a reason for it there always needs to and and often the the easiest understood is the most uh, basic whereas it's probably quite a complex situation Um, speaking of complex situations um, from, from, from a fan's perspective you know I went down there against Palace I looked at new grounds, amazed by it. You know, beer was cheap. Um, the ticket was expensive, but I didn't really mind paying it given the occasion. I was blown away by the stadium, especially once I got into the actual bowl. Yeah, just how much it looked like White Lane. I'm not going to go over it again, but what, I, what I'm saying is the club have done an incredible job. Would it be a mistake from Spurs fans to look at what what what's been built? And immediately, immediately, let's start looking to the future and, and what, how we could benefit financially from this in terms of our ability as a to become a powerhouse in Europe. Yeah. And some would say that we are a powerhouse in Europe, being in the top ten already in yeah. this money league. But what is there anything that we should be concerned about in terms of our debt? Um, the, I mean, you can't, you can't. It's impossible to do a project like this without. Getting some money and from someone else to like it's the same as buying a house. You don't ever. Have, it's very unlikely that you have the capital to just go out and buy a house outright. So you have to, you have to, you have to go to a bank. You have to ask them for money. You have to prove that you, as a whatever your project is going to be, is enough to with uh, to repay that loan over the course of however lo- the loan's going to be. Right. So yeah. So Spurs are never going to be in a position to just buy it out their own money. No. No club would. I mean the cl- the club. And 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 part of part of a, a bank being willing to loan you money is that the value of you the club is in itself is enough that they as we were saying before the the banks will have secured they will they'll always secure their their debts on either the club's shares or the actual physical land which the club which the which the stadium sits on yeah so um so what how what how might this money raising process have gone about in your best estimation obviously you won't yeah I'd, I mean. Would very, Levy have gone right we need money I'll go to the biggest banks in the UK and say we need to borrow how much have we what's the total uh, what's our exposure let's get this let me just get the... so Levy goes into a room with Barclays or the, the whoever it might be would it would it be a like a bank like that yeah so we'll our loans are with HSBC Goldman Sachs and Merrill Lynch Okay, so two, so, two across, like, so you've got investment banks. Yeah, so across is that four four banks, we've got four hundred million. But then I think they increased it. So the total, I think the total amount of loans is five hundred thirty-seven million. Right, which isn't a lot of money. That's not insignificant. No, it's not. Um, and I think one of the, I think one of the things to just be aware of is that like. A lot of these, a lot of these loans are repayable within sort of five years, right? So it sounds devastating to us, but the way a lot, yeah. yeah, the way these things work, and I can imagine it will work with us, is that once, once it sort of comes to nearer the repayment, so you'll always make a big repayment. So probably pay, I don't know, maybe ten to fifteen million in cash a year to to reduce the the total principal loan mm. in, including interest payments um, but I think within sort of 
three or f- three years or so, they'll consolidate the loans and they'll refinance it and they'll get a different provider. Mm-hmm. So a different bank will lend them the money, repay the money to the other banks, and then we'll continue that way. So it's like one of those getting a credit card and getting another And just shifting it, yeah, 100%. Shift. And they'll keep doing that because the banks are happy to... The bank... So all the, those four banks that we just listed, they all get their money back. They yeah. get all of their They principal. see their profit over the next four years and then they're happy that their loans are repaid. Well, yeah, and they've received interest in that time. They've yeah. got uh, arrangement fees and everything. So they don't care. The principal is not the bit where they make their money because yeah. that's just that's just physical cash that they're lending you. Mm. They They want the interest and that's the bit they care about. So they'll just... I imagine Spurs will keep doing this for probably 10 or so years until it's completely paid until off. it's paid off that way can I is, is that a substantial amount of money in that world to have to get credit for for or does it not matter the value it just matters about the the assets yeah I think would it ever be at a point where we go to the next bank and they're saying that it's too much money and then we're fucked I can't imagine so because that like I said they'll they'll over the course of the next couple of years with the hope that we still do well on the pitch, mm. the like that hundred million figure that we see that we've seen just posted recently will probably become quite regular. Yeah. Um, now the reason the reason our hundred million is probably quite high is because our players' costs are quite low mm. comparison in comparison to the top six. I mean, we always see those tables where like right at the bottom, but. I I mean it is a significant amount of money that we've we've. Do you know how much like loaned. say Arsenal loaned or or? I, but I know the Man total United. the total cost of their stadium was three hundred fifty million, so nowhere near the cost. Nowhere near what ours is, but then you also have to consider that ten years ago, the the revenue from uh, from the Premier League was much lower. Yeah, so yeah. proportionally, it might have been it might have been quite a significant amount of money, and everyone's made. Everyone's always said that that's what's what held Arsenal back. Mm. Um, but just to just to just to come on to some other points where I think the stadium's going to benefit us going forward, and where the sort of the business plan that Levy probably would have taken to the banks to say this is how we're going to increase our our revenue and our our sort of profit over the years. So, so we mentioned before that our commercial revenue as a proportion of our total revenue is twenty seven percent compared to. The other clubs, which are forty percent, so so what what might make up commercial? So you've got your. I know these are all these are all very unpopular and they're unpopular with me, but yeah, stadium naming rights will be huge. Yep, shirt sponsorships, which we increased recently with Nike. I mean, I think that took us to twenty million. Mm. I think it was up quite significantly. But if you if you so Nike Nike's deal with Chelsea is sixty million compared to ours twenty. Right, so when you renew, that's. In the future, but the only re- the reason the reason their sponsorship deal will be so much higher is because they sell more shirts, and the reason they'll sell more shirts is because they've significant they've regularly been at the top. They've been in the Champions League, all yeah. that kind of stuff. So again, with Poch and hopefully hopefully taking all the hopefully the money that we're bringing from the stadium will lead us to be able to sort of continue on that trajectory. Um, you've also got those stupid sleeve sponsors, which I mean. They will eventually be sold. I don't really care much for them, but yeah, that's another couple of million a year. I think the stadium naming right will be around will, will be around fifteen to twenty million a year. So over a period of ten years, it might be worth whatever that is. Yeah, I think around. I think you'd you'd be looking at one hundred and fifty million. Yeah, for ten years. Yeah, at least, and it might be longer than that. 
Because yeah. usually, usually these they become permanent fixtures. Yeah, they? branding everywhere. Um, I saw there was a <clears> picture <throat> going around Reddit of the model that Spurs had sent out. It came to be that Spurs had been sending out these models to prospective sponsors. So there's this the Google Stadium, <laughs> and and it's our stadium with their name They're on the side of it. Yeah. Um, and they they said that the, the figure around that was 300 million. So that would I would imagine be over the duration of maybe 15, 20 years. Yeah. And like you say, it's it's a, it's a weird one. It's a balancing act between everything that's horrible about what our games become. <clears throat> like no one wants us to be called the Google Stadium no. or Google Stadium. It's like yeah, where do you play it? Google Stadium, they think you're being an arsehole, do you know what I mean? Uh, or, or, I mean, I think the best we can hope for is something that's at least associated with football, like Nike, the Nike Stadium, and even that is, I'd much rather just be called Wild Lane. But uh, my, my, the one thing I'd love if we did is just kept the lane at the end of it. Yeah. Sounds like Nike Lane. Nike, the Nike Lane, the Nike Lane, whatever it's going to be. Yeah, that, Google that, Lane. <laughs> that was good. Doesn't work as well, does it? <laughs> but one thing I would say about the sponsorship, I can imagine it's going to be a an American, a big American sponsor. It's set up a bit, isn't yeah, it? For the, um... Everything, everything we've done, the way we've positioned it, the way we position seeking out our sort of abroad fan base is. So you mentioned the repayments of being around fifteen million, ten to fifteen million pounds a year. Yeah. And what as an estimate? I think so. So if we just take the, so the I think the. The, we took out a loan to build the training ground, right? And it was yeah. twenty five million yeah. loan, and follow. And we've paid, made two repayments of two million, and I think that was two thousand fifteen. We took that loan out, so you can imagine, like, we're paying basically ten percent, right? Which obviously fit, sounds like fifty million, but I imagine on these terms, you're probably going to be. I mean, it could be twenty million. Like, yeah, it's, it's, hard, to it's, hard, it's hard to know, and. and Within the loan contract, there'll obviously be terms of what they should be doing, and um, so you you so you would assume then if we do make three hundred million over fifteen twenty years, then that is essentially yeah, the, exactly. the payments covered. That's 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 no doubt going to be the plan. I mean, by building a huge asset, you also get like these benefits to sort of outweigh the cost of yeah of ultimately doing it. So, is there a risk to the club? Do you think, based on what you understand about these figures, that we have to maintain the level of performance. Um, so, <laughs> so the, some of the points I think you made in the email over is that we, we probably need to maintain our league position. I think, I think, uh, personally, if we if we want to maintain our position top ten and push up that, which I think we're more than capable of doing, given that this, the the UK rights are always going to be more than any other any other league. Yeah, we're in an advantage in that respect. Hugely. Um, I think the, and I think there's no one um, who doesn't understand that more than Levy. Yeah. That how important our position in the league is to yeah. our success, well, to our ability for, to compete financially and also. Well, a couple more points you made here actually is it's securing higher broadcast revenue. So, so there's potential challenges there because are we at a ceiling? Like, you, you know. Yeah, I mean, there was. I think there was. Um, there was a thing about Amazon have secured some so there's potentially like, new platforms so I think there's new platforms but then I mean that with competition obviously it increases prices as well but mm. ultimately it would depend on how how much of a clampdown they make on illegal streaming and things like that I'm yeah. pretty sure that everyone in yeah. the kind of, I mean even for like the games that just aren't on TV you want to watch them you find a way to watch them absolutely right? yeah um, 
So I don't, I don't know. It, that figure seems excessively high. And there was kind of proof. So when BT secured the rights for Champions League, they basically completely highballed Sky, and Sky were just like, we just can't, yeah. we can't justify it because it was just an. So BT have got other motives, though, haven't they? So just to bring customers over. Yeah, absolutely. It. So they'll they'll happily make it a lost leader. Well, that's and that's what they've done. But whether they do that, whether they can continue to do that, well, I would suggest, I would, I would assume that they've all the people that would transition have yeah. and probably won't go into the next bidding. Well, maybe they would maintain it. But then, if Amazon, like say, come in and their yeah. streaming platforms become huge for them, that they're and then you've got Eleven Sport as well, who are doing is it Eleven Sport? Yeah, they're doing the um, international. Uh, the, the, they're streaming La Liga games as well. It's oh, yeah. like lost some rights to a certain amount of La Liga games because of this streaming platform. So, like, as technology changes and the way we consume media changes, there's yeah. probably been new re- revenue streams that are not necessarily apparent to, to us at the moment. Yeah, and I think um, I think did the championship actually just sell all the rights as well? Mm. I think you can watch any game. Yeah, I mean that might be that might be a complete lie. I, I, I don't know. know. I don't um, know. It rings a bell, but I'm not sure. Well, I think yeah. I think I think I think the way we consume it is it's a very much an on-demand thing now as well. Like mm. with, I know that obviously the the times of the games is fixed, but how long? The, yeah, exactly. The plat the platform on which you consume that might might change significantly. I mean, Netflix could en- try and enter this race as well. Yeah. Absolutely, I don't doubt that at all. It's the medium is the message, yeah. essentially, and whatever, however you absorb your media, is it will dictate the play. Um, but the two, the, the points you made here about like maintaining league position, securing higher broadcast revenue, but better performance on the pitch uh, to maintain interest, attendance is maintained, and secure Champions League football all require all require us to continue to improve on the pitch. Yeah, which means ultimately investment in players. Um, and I guess for some fans, there's a fear that we'll never buy another, another player again. Mm-hmm. Um, but this business model, I would assume, depends on us improving and becoming better and potentially winning the league. So it, we would be able to repay, we would be able to repay the, state, the stadium costs back quicker if we'd won the if we win the league or if we win the Champions League. So interestingly, so the the actual as long as we're at the as long as we're not slipping to sort of sixth, because then you then you lose the bolton of the Champions League or the fifth, whatever. Um, the actual difference in between the league is only about two million per place. Yeah. So that's not huge, but the it's the implications of the Champions League and things like that and getting to further rounds. Yeah. So there's money huge. there, but, but but there's also status at the club and worldwide global. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. And yeah. you, you think shirt sales go through a roof if you win the Champions League? Yeah. You, know, you imagine how popular Son is now. Imagine he's a Champions League winner. You know, sure. I know. I know the club make next to nothing on shirt sales, but it would no doubt put them in a very strong bargaining position the next time they negotiate a kit deal. Well, so this is this is the thing about kit sales, right? So we just was that the the fee that Nike pays us is they get all the money from the shirt sales, yeah. and they would only do it. They basically just they basically justify the price they pay us based on how many how much volume of sales they're going to shirt sales can be. So. But obviously, the more we win, the more likely the sales are going to go up. Yeah. So, like you said, renegotiating that. What are you really got maths? Must be. Uh, I'm going to tell you, or we can get get a okay, or work it out. But so they paid us twenty million, twenty million uh, pounds. Yeah. Over three years, is it? So three years. Uh, Let's say three years. Three years, probably. So twenty million over three years, and that equates to how many, how many shirt sales? If 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 say each. each kit 
Let's do it by shirt. So each shirt's about what sixty quid. Yeah. So you got seven million a year. So divided by. So that's why well, very quick calculation of 100,000 shirts a year. 100,000 shirts, and that's globally, or that would be globally? Yeah. Does that sound like it doesn't sound like that many? It doesn't, but I mean. But then that's, but then they've got, they've, you've got the production of the kits to take yeah. out of that. So that's, yeah. 100, that's profit. They need 100,000 100, shirts in profit. But then, how much are they? But they, I mean, their margins on their margins on the shirt same, will be sweatshops, same. Sweatshops in, yeah, in exactly. China are churning them out. Cheap as chips. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, but that, I mean, yeah, that's the that's the. We don't see any of the shirts sell money. No, you know? I mean, yeah. we, uh, indirectly we see it through how popular the, they are yeah. to be sold, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, no, fair enough, but. No, I mean all all these things, and I think I think I mean Pochettino certainly came at the right time for us to build a stadium. Yeah, but you have to think we were going to build a stadium without him, right? Yeah, and we were going to build it with Sherwood. Exactly. So, <laughs> like, there's obviously the Levy must be going. Thank fuck. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And then things like this. I mean, even even like we were saying, you can manipulate. No, not manipulate them, but interpret figures so they sound a lot better for you. Levy will be. Well, he he'll be happy and a bit sad when things come out saying that we posted world records. Um, yeah, he's that information that he doesn't would rather not have out. Yet. He knows it. He knows it will come out regardless, right? Because public public information. So, um, but on the other hand, the fans looking at it going, we we made a hundred million in profit. We're not spending a single player on yeah. players. Blah yeah. blah. And that, they just don't. They, these things don't correlate quite as. What do you think? No, no, it's not as easy as that. But the headline is basically rules because I would say ninety percent of people that have seen that headline don't read the article anyway. Yeah, well, so, yeah, yeah, probably more. So, <laughs> like, you know, they just look at everything. Right, we shouldn't spend. Why haven't we spent the money? Is would that and that doesn't equate to having a hundred and three million pounds or whatever it is, hundred and thirteen million pounds in our bank. No. That, do those records show how much money is like cash? Yeah, yeah. so we so la so it's unrestricted revenue is it? So how much money have we got in our bank? How much money have we got? Hundred million. Hundred million. Yeah, doesn't sound like enough. It's not. It's not a lot, to be fair. But you have to remember that when you buy a player, you don't go. Here's all the money straight no. away. Do so. No. So we. I mean, it's better than being in the red. But hundred million doesn't sound like a huge. Yeah, amount. and the year before, the year before, so these accounts are made up to so they're. From the first of July to the thirtieth of June, twenty eighteen. Mm. Sorry, first July, twenty seventeen to thirtieth of June, um, twenty eighteen. So that was, yeah, that was what? How long were we talking about? Almost a year ago, nine months ago. Mm. Um, the year before that, we had two hundred million. So, the impact of doing the stadium has obviously there yeah. are costs associated. But I mean, would you have would you have thought we'd have a hundred million in the bank I mean, when we're building a stadium? I'd say it's good financial management in that respect, yeah. given the exposure that the stadium puts us to. But I but then I would think, look how much money's coming into the club and all of these clubs. I think the fact that actually we're actually operating in the black is a, it's incredible. Yeah, it is. You know, yeah. there was there was a long time actually before financial fair play, then about seventy percent. I think it was like there was one time only us and Everton were teams that were operating in the black. Yeah. Before financial fair play came in, I mean, it just they were just football clubs' trophy assets a lot of the time, aren't they? So. Yeah, I think that's the next step, isn't it? <clears throat> what for us? Yeah, 
I just to actually win stuff is to become a, a like a success driven we need an owner that's only interested in I'm not sure it's good. I just don't know if that is possible anymore though aside from cha- changing the structure of how you pay players and all that kind of stuff mm. but like I think it's it's hard to get around you can't come in and just pump money no. into it anymore it just doesn't it just doesn't work I mean you could do it for three years hope that you because I think there's a rule you can't you it's, it's three it's three years worth of re, yeah it's like a percentage over your revenue yeah and you're allowed to speculate to some degree you can spend more than comes in yeah but by and large you have to play by the rules and Man City tried to get around it by um well they tried to get around it by sponsoring their training grounds and yeah. offering huge monies for, for, for and I'm even sure that should be investigated because it's it's not, yeah it's clearly like a flouting of fair play definitely and also PSG did it with Neymar's buying himself out of his own contract. Yeah, that was ridiculous. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Probably within the rules still, but it's like how many times can you play that trick? You can do it once, twice. You can't keep doing it because the the rules will change and you'll get clamped down on. So yeah. I, I think you're right. I don't think there is a way for us to do it. Um, and perhaps this model is is the, the gives us our best chance in ten years of, of of success. It's the most stable way you can do this stuff. Um, and what's happening with Chelsea at the moment? Chelsea, like the government and Abramovich, are massively falling out. And he's, I in, mean, he, in what do you mean? Well, he he they basically because of all the this is quite political, but because of all the the Russian attacks in the UK, yeah, they basically kind of reduce. Like, I think they change the status of Russians and they they investigate them a lot more. Russians in that social economic background. Yeah, I think even he, which is surprising, has has suffered slightly from this and he hasn't been able to get a visa to come back right. so he stopped paying for his box which is like 20 grand a year or something what, in his own stadium yeah what do you mean he stopped paying well, th- it's just like I ain't doing it if I'm yeah. not going what am I, I, I wasting but he's also done. paused the stadium construction as well this so this this is the thing right with, with Chelsea this was this was always coming down the line Not, not didn't necessarily think it was like this it would manifest in this way because of some sort of political landscape that prevented him from coming back to the country but I did think that at some point his value Chelsea's value to him would diminish Yeah, and then they'll be left in a pretty horrendous situation because they're in ex- look, as the re- turnover's pretty good uh, it's better, the revenue's very good in fact um, but it would take a very rich person to come in and buy Chelsea yeah yeah for sure and I think he's I think the way he structures it is he's loaned the money he's personally loaned the money to mm. the club so yeah, he expects the money back, and I'm sure. Well, there could be some bitterness if it if it goes one way, and he wants the money back. He could, yeah, he could really do damage to Chelsea, which would be absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Did, did you ever see Matthew Saeed's interview on Sky Sports? Yeah, you know, Matthew Saeed. He's a he's a journalist for the Guardian. I think I, I might be wrong, but he's um they they did this, this thing on Sky Sports so celebrating celebrating 10 years of Abramovich's role at Chelsea and obviously you can imagine what they were doing it's amazing look what he did for the Premier League yeah. look what he's done for X, Y and Z and Matthew Saeed a kind of stand-up investigative journalist in this role goes actually this, you're celebrating him but you know what he actually did to get yeah, his money I you know why he bought Chelsea to secure it later to protect himself from getting killed yeah. By a young one. yeah and they're like Jim White you can see Jim White's an absolute cretin anyway but he was <laughs> he was like floundering you can imagine the producer just shut him up shut him down shut him down then you've got Tony Gow sitting next to him going what the fuck is going on here I have no idea it was beautiful but you know like you say I, I don't know how um I don't know. While, while my, like my old man, he still got bangs on about 
just getting an Arab German. You need to have anyone from the <laughs> Arab states get him over and buy a football club. But the game has changed significantly. And when this stadium is paid off and this loans are paid off, or a substantial amount of them has, then I think maybe we will be seeing that next period of what Tottenham can become. But yeah. we're a better place to go on that on that journey now. I think. I, yeah, and I really, I really don't think, even though it's a significant amount of money, I really don't think that over. Like the way the way that these uh, the way that companies will structure these loans that so they can sort sort of mm. continually shift them around and not not sort of one year you're paying five hundred million pounds back like it will it just it will be yeah it'll be in the in the sort of background and we'll we'll continue the way we pretty much are mm. there will obviously be an impact but with all the additional revenue and income that we're going to have, I don't. I just don't think it will impact us the way that people are thinking it's going to impact us at all. Also, I think the, the, there's going to be potentially more revenue than, than the club originally anticipated through sale of food and drink. And it doesn't sound like a much, does it, right? But uh, I know that the club... that, it, that Our last game at Wembley, we sold 23,000 pints of beer, right? It doesn't matter what, the, what, what it is, but 23,000 units of beer, right? Um, for the Legends game, and they were they were stocking the bar based on what we'd done at Wembley. Yeah. For the Legends game, which there was forty five thousand people, there was forty thousand uh, beers sunk, and that means just parts of the beer, <laughs> parts of the parts of the bars were sell, like selling out. It didn't have enough yeah. stock. Um, and then you can only imagine what Levy's created in uh, against Palace, where I was in there two hours before the game. Did you go? Yeah, yeah you did because yeah. you spoke. Um, two hours before the game and it was Ramo you couldn't it was really difficult to get a drink at half time it was as bad as it was in the previous stadium if you yeah. wanted a drink you needed to leave in 38 <laughs> minutes and while that's not great for us as you know, match day going fans for the club it's amazing so that's almost double they were selling almost double actually they would have easily sold double than what they did at Wembley because yeah. people are spending much more time in that stadium well I, um like you said, those two. I went to both, so I went to the test event and the Palace game, mm. and I stayed after the Palace game for a bit. And in both occasions, they'd sold out of at least two or three of the beers. Yeah. So I mean, I think the gamma rays always go on the neck or goes yeah. pretty quickly. I think mm. even Amstel had sold out. Yeah. Which is madness, really. Is. And it's hard to say whether people have like the first, the initial excitement. Mm. People want to be in there, want to be in the stadium. Whether that will change over time, I don't know. Well, how, but how, how important is it that, that the club are actually undercutting local business? There's uh, a question of whether we're, they're undercutting us or other businesses are just over, overpricing I constantly. I think there's a, I think there's a bit of both. Um, they are the Bellinaire is. You've they, talked about this numerous times. I know. Right? I, I know. always want to come back to it, right? You, you're paying for a war, normally a warm can because they haven't got enough in the fridge. Yeah, and it's just not. It's yeah. just not acceptable. Well, and you know, and just as a side note, Balnair is cash only. Like, yeah. what? What are they fucking thinking yeah. in this day and age? Oh, no. And all you've got is this. I think it's a machine that charges you to take money out, yeah. and they're competing <laughs> against what is an incredible like. Take away all of the the garish nature of it, and the fact that there's this kind of microbrewery and stuff. Once you get past all that, it's good beer. Yeah, and it's cheaper than yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cheaper than the shit beer that you're getting there that you have to pay cash for. 100%. And the stadium, you don't need cash. No. no, they don't accept cash. No, it's brilliant. It's like I love it. Like the Bellingham, <laughs> they genuinely want to survive, and I don't give a fuck whether they survive or not. To be no. honest, because they've been, like I say, they've been they've been bending this over for ages. <laughs> but if you look, you've got you've got this stadium right next door 
that he's selling you quality beer at prices and four pounds for a pint of beer in London is undercutting local. You know, you can't get that anywhere. Absolutely, it's amazing though. Yeah, and it's not it's good beer. Yeah, whether you like Amstel or not, you're going to get the best Amstel that there is out there. Yeah, and yeah. The, and the Beavertown stuff. Like there was a lot of talk around the um, how kind of hipstery it is. But yeah, I love it. They're drinking it. I love it. It's nice beer. It's nice, like, <laughs> it's why, good. Why don't you get Ed Brand? It's nice beer. Neckel's genuinely my favourite beer is it? of all beers. Uh, Yakima Red's mine. That's the is best. it? Yeah, yeah it's Yakima's, Yeah, it's good, actually. Yeah. But but having a brewery in the stadium, like, it's it's it makes perfect oh, sense. It's, it's incredible. You're drinking beer that's made fuck, it's like 50 feet or Yeah, yeah. Like, why ain't that a good thing? Absolutely. And that's why it's cheap, right? So, yeah, there's no, tra- tra- there's no transport costs, there's yeah. nothing like that. It's pretty much maintained within the stadium. Like, you can't, you can't beat that. No, it's actually genius. It is. Uh, I, the other thing is, like, you you got to remember we've doubled our fans coming on a yeah. on a daily basis, on a weekly, but whatever it is, yeah. match day basis. So there might be a little bit of a trend where people don't, but there will always be those people who love going to the Bell and Hair before. I don't think they'll. Actually, how many people love going there? I think oh, yeah. people went there because it's convenient. Now, no one wants to stand inside the ground yeah. and drink fucking Carlsberg for four pound seventy a pint, which is three percent lager. It's that horrible. Is, that is true. That is true. But now that alternative of what they've got there is, and they, they, like some will drop off, some and, and the no smoking thing. I, so I thought that was a bit of an issue, but once I got in there, I didn't really, I didn't really think about it, and mm. I smoked a fair amount. But how much of our out of the population smokes? Can't be that high. It must be 15, 20 Football's got to be higher, proportionally yeah, higher. Like <laughs> anyway, no one seemed to be complaining. I didn't, you know, I didn't see a single person in the box smoking. I don't know if it's out of respect for the new house. Because you know, when you got when you got moving to a new gaff and you're really like everything's yeah. everything's prim and proper, and then after a couple of weeks, you're like kicking shoes off, yeah, spilling yeah. tea, and all that shit. Um, That's definitely going to happen eventually. Yeah, one hundred percent. Especially big games. But surely the vape the vaping thing, like you just get around to that way, no? Or is no, that illegal? Well? Yeah. No, I know, but that's less. Yeah. We yeah, so we we tend to do that like one of us have a vape and yeah. just blow it between your legs. So, I see that all the time. It's like, well, it ain't a big deal, is it's it? Not it's not steam. Deal, it's fucking steam. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we've got a couple of questions here before we stop. Uh, Marcus Lywood, he says, I saw a post. I knew you're going to ask these to the best of your ability, right? Yeah. There's no, this is add any caveats you feel you need to. I saw a post where I saw I saw a post once that the increase in yearly match day revenues is projected to be bigger than the loan repayments for the stadium. This seems too good to be true. Can you shed any light? Well, I think, kind of. I think it's proved already. Yeah. By one, by so as tw- so twenty six million for the last year at White Lane to eighty five million. Yeah. In our first year at Wembley, and I think the figure will be around that mark for the new stadium. Obviously, you've got well, it's not even that many less fans. Like if you took the average sixty eight thousand, and and are people staying as long in Wembley as they would? No, well, White yeah. Lane? So you for sure a similar so, amount. So that's that's already already. So if you yeah, if we took if we if you right now to I don't know, I think I think you'd pay off the stadium within like ten, fifteen years. Hmm. And I think I mean yeah. that increases what, fifty million, so Yeah. So it's not that it isn't too good to be true. No, it I mean obviously be- there are costs involved in sort of the actual match day service, but yeah. on a on a light on a just a numbers basis, I think I think I think the figure speaks for itself. But equally, like that will that will come down with costs. And We're still sparing no expense on um, match day staff, who looked absolutely delighted to be serving beer to us all <laughs> once again. Can I just say something? Just fucking pour all the beer. And they, I think they've started to try to though. Have they? But just keep drinking it. So you well, yeah. keep buying it. Can't keep up with demand. 
uh, Ben uh, says, uh, not sure. All of these questions, by the way, come from our Patreon group. So um, this, I don't know if this is going to swing you to come in on our Patreon, but these are the guys who answer, answer these questions, ask these questions. Not sure if uh, they will know this, but the one billion figure everyone keeps mentioning, is that just for the stadium or is it the whole project? Um, including station stadium updates, station updates, hotel, sports centre. I've heard it's just been both ways, and I'm wondering if it's the whole project that has uh, has, jumped, uh, has become a stick to beat us with. So a billion pounds is yeah. that is that a, is that figure correct? So if we um, if we take the assets, so the the property, plant, and equipment for at the end of 30th of June 2018, the total assets that we had. Which includes the training center, Lillywhite House, the development of the stadium, training center, all that kind of stuff is. These are, these are is this, this is physical. These assets. are all assets that we have spent money to build up right. effectively. Yeah. But you, all the money, all the money you spend building it, you capitalize, which becomes an asset on your balance sheet. Capitalize meaning you can loan money against it. No, it just means that. Mean? So it's rather than like, rather than it being an expense in one year, you basically say. I'm going to capitalise these costs and I'll say I'm going to use them over the course of their useful life which yeah. is like f- what for the stadium's going to be a long time 40, 50 years yeah. whatever yeah. then you basically take the you spread the cost across all those yes. years and it goes down each year so right now uh, the assets on our balance sheet is a billion or just over a billion so that's so, so just to understand it so based on all that we've built so all the basically yeah and what's projected to be built yeah the value of that is a billion pounds yeah and it'll probably this is because this is 30th of June it'll probably be a lot higher yeah yeah <laughs> come come 2019 when and, and is that so just so I understand it because it's confusing is that use good information but what, how is that information used and why is it why is that useful what having a value on this um, is it interesting too well, it's just, just working out. Who we... It's just management. It's just management of the. F- so that that will be on your statement of financial position. So if you look at the mm. how much how how many assets you have and how many liabilities you have, so you'd net all these down to come to a figure, which is basically how what are your assets? Yeah. And what are your liabilities? So positives and minuses, and what is the net position of that? Right. When you go negative on the net position, that's when it's not good. Yeah. But our net position now, well, not now, 30th of June 2018, is 335 million, which includes all of the value of the stadium and training centre and all that, as netting off the um, the loans to get to 335. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I that's got... basically how much, that's kind of like how much is everything that we own and everything we need to pay, how much is it worth. In a, But that's a cost basis, so it's not it's not really value because... Um, so for example if you bought a house it would have cost you X amount mm-hmm. but then in 10 years time the value of the house goes up right. but it still only costs you that amount yeah, that's true. so that's on the cost basis rather than the actual value so I think every day our stadium value probably goes up mm. not down do you know what I mean so yeah. so it's very this is why accounting treatment is very difficult to look sort of valuations of assets but the billion number it's in, not, in theory, it's support. not just the stadium; it's the whole. Yeah, yeah, it's all of our assets. But of the stadium construction, for this period, it was six hundred million. So at that point, 
and then that point, we know it's building gone up. Yeah. Well, it's just it carried on into. Yeah. It's hard to say how. Ago. Yeah. Hard to say how much it would have been, but I mean, you wouldn't have expected it to go up. Well, I don't know. Would it go at fifty? Where were we at? So we were expecting it to be done by September, right? So yeah. we're talking four months after that point. So you might. So I don't think it would have gone up fifty percent, so, yeah. but but maybe ten, fifteen percent. And as as an accountant, when you're producing these numbers, yeah, are you are there? I don't know if the right term is, and I don't want to get anyone in trouble, and I don't not don't want you to. Yeah, firstly, I haven't produced these numbers, but yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> but is are you, are our accountants creative by the, with the way they display this information, or can they not be? Is it no. So an account. Well, so you've got well the the Tottenham account the. Accountants who work for Spurs mm. and prepare these numbers, in theory, can be slightly creative in terms of. So, for example, if you change the useful economic life by a year, then obviously it, it balances out. So you, you might owe less money over a certain period of time. But the auditors who have signed off on these numbers are completely independent, right? And so they will have gone and audited these numbers, made sure that they're happy with what they are. And made sure they're happy to sign them off and say these are the audited numbers. So and is how that auditing process is that a long process? Yeah. So you did, they have nine months to file accounts. So from the date of your period end, so thirtieth of June, twenty eighteen. Yeah. You've got nine months to file those accounts. Right. And the audit, it normally takes after the year end a couple of months for the accountants to, well, the Tottenham accountants to prepare the numbers, and then you'll get your auditors in, and they take a they might take a month or so to sort of go through the numbers. But yeah. it is a long process, but normally, normally, <laughs> unless you're listed, which they're not, so they're a private company, then it normally goes to the nine months. Okay. So Alex L says, you can use a calculator. I'm, I'm going to need to. This <laughs> <laughs> is given the average price of beer in the new stadium is is four point sorry four pounds fifty. Mm. How many pints alone would Spurs have to sell to cover the cost of the new stadium and you get five marks with it? <laughs> uh so all right, so so obviously that's just a revenue figure, but they would have So let's yeah so well, there's so cost the, involved. Their club would have had to pay to acquire that beer. They so would say have, cost say it's half. Say the, the profit on each one's two two pounds. Let's say two pounds probably about right. I mean what are we what's, what are we saying the cost of a new stadium is, is, it, is it, we say, we say, I think let's so, take it over our let's take it let's say six hundred million because okay. that's how much we owe in you're right in fees. Uh, that's a horribly big number. There. Yeah, I mean it's a lot, isn't it? That's three hundred million pints. Three hundred million pints. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, so you know, I don't, don't need to calculate for that. No, no, yeah, Spurs, Spurs, Spurs have, um, you know, I, I think although Spurs, by like, forty thousand. So, like, let's see, have, let's have a look at that. Forty thousand a game. How long it game? And nineteen, nineteen games. Well, actually, no, it'd be more games, wouldn't it? Say, so, yeah, say, like forty thousand. Let's say twenty-five. Twenty-five. Oh. Is that right? Yeah, a million, million pounds. So, so 300 years. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> What's going on now? 300 years, right? 300 years? Yeah. Well, it's a million. So it takes 300 years. 300 seasons. <laughs> it takes 300 years. So basically, know that when you go Spurs... Yeah, just make sure you're buying a lot you, of pounds. get absolutely fucked every <laughs> single time. It'll take 300 years to, to pay off just on drinks alone. 
That is right, right? I don't know, mate. I, I'm literally, I've got a D in GCSE maths. I'm backing myself. All right, mate. Good. Well, you are a chartered account. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one, one final question before we split. Um, oh, I don't know if you'll know this, but it's a good question. Do you know much about financial fair play? So is there is there a correlation or is there a connection between match day revenue and financial fair play? Could you explain it to me, please? I'm not asking you to give a full explanation, but if you can loan, I know I know the rule is that you can you can spend, mm. you can speculate something like thirty percent more than you turn over in revenue each year. So, Wait, so, get, sorry. so, so we we um, are you still making sure that you were right on that? No, answer? it's actually 150 years. Yeah, 150. Well, years. because I didn't take the two pound profit we're taking, so 150 years. So we are half ready. 150 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, financial plays based on on revenue. So, you, it, I may, if I'm getting this wrong, I'm pretty sure I'm not because we did a podcast with Daniel Gear, who's a um, a football lawyer and yeah. he knows a fair amount about financial fair play he's worked on it quite a lot so go back and listen to that podcast it's a couple of months ago and he talks about how this has worked out but as I understand it it's match day revenue obviously the increase in match day revenue con- um, contributes to the overall revenue over the year and you can spend something like 30% more than you bring in in terms of revenue you yeah. speculate so in that for that instance yeah, there is a correlation but yeah yeah. well yeah the more the more we bring in the more we can spend right but the risk there is that you could pay your players way over the odds and then your profits way down and then well yeah within a couple of years you're in you're in trouble you're, 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 you're in yeah exactly so well this is the thing and this is what I think a lot of people don't really take into account is that consistently finishing the Champions League football mm. means that your <clears> players will eventually demand bigger contracts that we have to pay more over a longer period of time, which is often a much bigger exposure to the club than single transfer fees that are never paid up front in any case. Yeah. So, in order to in order to, to to maintain our position in the top ten football money league, we have to maintain the level of performance we are we have currently. But we also need to that brings with it costs in terms of the amount you pay in player contracts, which is staggering. And Spurs. Yeah. Spurs are. I don't know if you've got the information on the contracts and how much how much we spend in wages. But I think we're sixth in the Premier League. Yeah, so and something like half of what Arsenal and um, Chelsea pay for theirs, and Liverpool pay for theirs, and that, that that will go up. That that um, we will be on parity with them eventually. We have to be. I think there's a. <clears throat> so I think the total our salaries are bonuses. Mm. For the seventeen eighteen season was one hundred and thirty million, yeah, and one hundred and twelve million the year before. But I think, I think the reason we're always quite low, I think our bonus structure is far more heavily weighted towards mm. performance, and I think get them getting into the Champions League earns them a shit ton of money. Yeah, well, let's talk about Kane and uh, and and Ali. And Ali being on comparable wages to yeah. the biggest paid player yeah. in the club, but their basic wage is not no. the same. And I think that's the only number that actually gets reported in terms of yeah. well, the ones that get released to Premier League or Again, whatever. Again, it's sort of kind of county. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, because. But as a player, you obviously want if you're going to another club and your and your um, comparison is 150 for whatever, and we're paying. We're paying you eighty, but we'll offer you a hundred percent increase if you get us into the championship. Whatever, mm. then 
a player will probably take the secured revenue thing. I wonder how much we talked a bit about this before. I wonder how much Pochettino has a role in this because he wants to create the kind of mindset where um, players are playing for each other, but also driven, goals driven. Yeah. And having players on basic contracts that are huge that aren't incentivized based on how well they play creates a different mindset. Perhaps. Do you know what I? Um, you look at two players as examples. Well, both connected to Arsenal some way. Alexis Sanchez and Özil. Yes. Imagine having either of those players at your club. Yeah, for three hundred thirty grand a week or wherever it is, just sapping you for money, not performing, not doing anything, and that's that's just yeah, that's a I terrible mean, business. Yeah, it's awful. You don't, don't. But it, the clubs have created this structure now where it's very. It becomes very hard to compete because you've got. Those offers on the table at three hundred thirty grand, but yeah, Man United are screwed. They can't. There's no way. Who's going to take an out of form player who's going to want three hundred thirty grand a week? No, and he, he's not only that. He's seen as a problem player. Yeah, they are. They're screwed. Like Arsenal have, must be doing backflips. Yeah, so they don't yeah. have to give him a new contract. They get thirty five million pound out of it. Yeah, they've somehow got off scot free, but then they've they've bent over for, for Ozil, Ozil, yeah. and currently, obviously, not having a great time. No, I'd 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 hate to be in that position as a fan. Yeah, you well, know these kind of these bastards. Yeah, are sap, yeah. they're sapping you dry. Yeah, and you know he's not like even the even Emery don't fancy him. You know I know he's played a little bit more recently, but you're you would think like Harry Kane is our biggest earner. Yeah, I'd imagine Harry Kane and Deli Ali maybe. There is no world where Harry Kane doesn't start and give all every week. Yeah, and, and that because it's because of the way the clubs run and because of the mentality that Pochettino's created there that that is the case. Yeah. And players that don't want to fall in line with that, you know, that it's better that you go than yeah, yeah. Than like, you know, there's players, there's fans calling for out of error to be given whatever he wants, so he stays. I back, yeah. I back that opinion though, right? Because, but isn't that a direct contradiction to what you just said? Uh, How do you know? What do you know about? So maybe not. Okay, maybe not whatever he wants because that that doesn't quite work. But if you pro- if you look at what he probably is earning, which. I don't even reckon it's that much how many contracts has he had with us two two I mean maybe it could be 80 but and he's going to want 150 he's worth he's worth that no I don't think think. I don't doubt that he's worth it but he surely he we don't know it's all conjecture isn't it but my understanding is, is that, that that he wants a flat fee rather than an incentive based fee, yeah. or the flat fee plus incentive. Which, which, yeah, and I, I agree. And we have the money to do it, though, yeah. don't we? I think that I think the it's hard because, like, you if we get rid of a centre back who's world class mm. and he is world class, and they'll go for what was it twenty five million or something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, replacing that is just expensive, and you might as well just you know, just. Just what, keep him. Just do it. Although, if you're, but then equally, you could bring through someone else. Sanchez would play regularly. He'd get better. The, you don't, I know you don't really tend to <laughs> like him. I don't, know, I don't know, why. know why you don't like him really, either. Really, yeah. I'm, I'm probably being serious. I said he's I, twenty. I what is he? Twenty-two? Yeah, but yeah, you've got to be good enough, not old enough. <laughs> what, um, you've had to come up with that argument, haven't you? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I can't help it. <laughs> what I see every week, but I'm, I'm, I'm doubtful wrong. Um, but if you said, all right, we can let Alvaro go for twenty-five. But the lick is signed from mm. from Ajax. Now, who knows if he's going to be able to cope? But you'd imagine he looks quality. Then that's future proof for the next ten years, or it's yeah. going to be hugely expensive for someone to buy him. Then in that instance, I go. It makes complete sense to let Toby go now and not mm. give him the contract. But 
I don't know. I don't like not being in the power position though either because we don't have a choice in who Toby would go to. No, it's super come out Toby, and I can always. It, I don't know. Man United are not so sure anymore, but I think had it been Mourinho in charge, that would have been pretty uh, much a dead I, 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 one hundred percent can see him at United next season. I think United or Chelsea, to be honest. Oh, Chelsea. Exactly. Surely, surely he's like because he seems a man of, of principle. Southampton. What? Oh, fuck Southampton well, like, no yeah. one's going to be principled about them are they mm, like, that's why Poch left he's like he's, he's like literally I know what you're saying but you're, you're nothing I think yeah there is a lot more to join in someone like Chelsea or yeah. like that let's, let's hope I mean yeah, I would just do it if I was just give him yeah, I'm sure it. there's gone, but did you see uh, one more thing when we talk about this on, on the fighting court regular um, when we record later but the uh, there, there's um, the video going around of um, Eric, uh, Son talking to Ericsson as they walked off after Palace and Son in the way he speaks English said sign contract and <laughs> and apparently Ericsson said yes 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 um, I I hope so I really hope so like that. something along those lines I, t- I, I mean his head's gone regardless oh, okay, Alex that is such a, that's a you're drawing a line under it that's that what his head's gone I think how do you know if he, if he signs a contract he'll he'll come back and he'll start playing properly again. right but, but psychologically I mean we can't we football players are not above like the psychological impact of not knowing where you're going to be oh, next absolutely. year and all that kind of stuff yeah, yeah and like I'm not blaming him but I think he's genuinely and I, you almost can't blame him because he's been he's, he's been a very loyal servant for us like he's done incredibly well um, and it'd be, I'd love us to see us sign people up like that but if he did want to go to Real Madrid, I mean, something stopping him, I guess. No, um, and this this is probably this is going to come out after we've just smashed City three 0 in the Champions League. So decent, and he's probably notched a couple and got an assist. So. <laughs> <laughs> this will be a really depressing podcast if we don't make Champions League. By the way, <laughs> I don't think anyone's expecting us to, to do much. What, what is just just quick? No, is it? Let's not do this because it is coming out. It's going to come out on Thursday. Yeah, right. so. We're going to do it. We're going to smash everyone. <laughs> Alex, thank you so much for coming down and explaining no some of that. It was um, it was really interesting, and uh, you know, hopefully clears up. Yeah, we might get more questions than. Uh, well, we'll do it again. Up, but you, well, we say that you're 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 just about to embark on a journey of a lifetime. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. missing the first full season in the new ground, which is a bit of a disappointment. Is but... it? No, based on like what you've just told me, yeah. I would 100% swap, swap <laughs> with you, 100%. Like, I love Tottenham, but I love myself more. Yeah. All right, mate, nice All one, right. thanks. Nice one. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo and Maria in Miami, Jules in Minneapolis, and Stan in Central Indiana. Taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations so you get the product you're looking for. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.